Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Narrative or Purpose podcast. I'm your host today, Lucy Antropus, and I will be taking you on a tour of excavating our lovely, soulful radio poetic voice behind the podcast Narrative of Purpose about Claire, Claire Morigandi's why. What is going on here? Who she got in the show? Why she's got something to say. Today, my role is going to be simply to be an explorer understanding what are the mechanics behind the motivational factors of a recently award-nominated podcast host. We are in London today at the studio after the International Podcast Women's Awards and off the back of that energy and that inspiration with those women, we're going to see why Claire does what she does. I'm actually a, also a scientist by background and I've done a lot of experimentation or developed what I'd call my social experimentation laboratories with different people around the world. We were delivering on company goals, but meanwhile I was had a meta layer of exploring these different human interaction dynamics and how we could empower, unlock, uplift change the system from within whilst being supportive to the cultural context in which it took place, whether that was Korea, whether that was Mexico, whether that was Texas, whether that was Europe or Africa, etc. So I'm going to explore a little bit this piece on self-experimentation you've mentioned. Has there been any self-experimentation you've done, whether it's meditation or whether it's rituals or retreats or trying different nutrition, which has been a total mess up and has caused, has gone totally wrong? <laughs> well, while you were asking the question, I was thinking of something that worked well, but I never thought of something that didn't work at all. Well, I think that worked pretty well was I went for two weeks on a retreat. So originally it was a yoga retreat and I thought, okay, cool, I'm going to do yoga and everything. But it turns out it was more a Ayurveda thing. So at least for me, the, the, the thing that worked, or at least the eye opener was about the food you eat, being mindful of what you eat. Not that I didn't know, but just being there and, and having everything at hand, everything is prepared, you don't have to think about it. It also gave me like a new awareness or consciousness of how you could actually integrate that in your everyday life. On this new season, I'll be also speaking to people who are actively working into sustainable food because that kind of opens something to me. Sometimes you know something, but if you haven't experimented it and you realize, oh, but where does my food come from and how can we do better things? And basically what happens on the other side of the, of the world is also going to affect me. Yeah, so experimenting that and going away on a retreat, which was the first time we did a retreat, by the way, two full weeks. I, I had only books. I didn't even take my phone. <laughs> I told everyone, listen, you can reach me again in two weeks. <laughs> Fabulous. So a powerful symbol there for taking time for yourself and also the power of food. So Claire, I now want to explore a little bit about your origins and your origin story. Can you tell me a little bit about where you come from? And I'd like to lean and explore what cultural identities you feel part of and why. So basically, I was born in Burundi, so in East Africa, and that's where I spent at least the, like the first decade of my life. So there's there's obviously an influence there in terms of you know culture, be it the language, um, the food as well, you know the music. Although I have to say, you know, music is really international. And I do remember like one of my older brothers always playing um, either Michael Jackson or Bob Marley. So yeah, that's one part. And the rest is Western European because it's Switzerland. Because since then, I've been living in Switzerland up until today. But the interesting thing is that 
I grew up in the French-speaking part of Switzerland and I've spent now almost, not exactly, but it's almost 50-50, even though it's more in the French-speaking part and the German-speaking part, which is, for a tiny country, I think it's always fascinating how much a different language influences the culture. There is a common culture, obviously, but still the fact that you speak one language is, is not exactly in, in the way you approach life. So I have a mix of all those. And being a third culture kid, I would say the majority of the people I know around me have the same. Some have been even living in more countries than I have on different continents. So it's, it's my norm. If you will, I, I was being interviewed, I think it was last year ago uh, as well on a, on, a, on a podcast and she was asking me, yeah, you, you know, the guests you have on your show, there's a lot of diversity. And I was like, but, you know, it's not even intentional. It's just the way it is. For me, at least, it's the way it is because that's what I know. Um, the fact that I speak more than, I wish I speak five or six languages, I don't know. But just the fact that your mind can can easily switch and adapt, um, for me, I think it's an asset. I never thought or considered that I don't find a place where I belong because I think it's, for, for me, it's much more richer to be able to to not fit in because it's not always fit in, but at least to, to be comfortable in different situations, different cultures and different, and, and find your way through. And most of the time, some people are even surprised, right? When I was speaking German the first time, I was like, oh, you speak German? Yes, I speak German. So I, I think it's, um, it's this multitude. And there was this amazing um, uh, interview I was also listening to one day that you don't speak about one potential, but multiple potential. And this is something I like to, to consider that, you know, everyone has multiple potentials. Uh, at least I'm really tapping into those at this moment. So there's a lot of influence. So there's East Africa, obviously, and uh, there's Europe. I also want to emphasize that this is quite common. I don't have a very special background. There's a lot of people who have the similar background. And I think that's where, in supporting others, it's also showing that, you know, my journey is my own. It is unique in that sense. But there are many people who have also a, a similar background, as highly educated as I am, as I said before, third culture children who either come from, from Africa, from South America, from Asia, and we kind of, you know, meet at the crossroads in either in Europe or in the US or Canada. It's not that special of a background, I would say. It's perhaps that you don't hear a lot about these people, or they'd probably um, use their voices in other ways. Uh, this is the platform I am choosing. That's why the people also I feature are, I realized at some point that there was a sort of, um, might be unconscious, uh, <laughs> I was leaning towards uh, people also who have different migration backgrounds, right? I spoke to a lot of people in Switzerland who are just like me, either they come from Africa or somewhere else, or they come from uh, South America as well, Latin America. Either their parents were refugees or they were refugees in the US and then they came to Europe. If there was one thing that I would probably love for people to get out of my show is that Basically, human beings, at least in modern history, I would say, there's been a lot of migration. It can be due to, obviously, crisis, but it can also just be normal economic opportunities. And then you move somewhere, you meet someone, you have a family, or you move with a family. And this is absolutely normal. And this is why inclusion is important, actually, is that so many people bring so many different experiences, and there's just so much to learn from that. Fabulous. So that richness in that diversity and the magic is in the mix, as I like to say. I would love to explore just briefly 
you mentioned all these different cultures that form this melting pot of your background and how actually incredibly normal that is and how many of the people that you have on your show or your friends and people in your network community, a lot of them may be of migrant origin or they move to have a family. You also seem to move around in all these different circles in these different international cultural contexts with a lot of ease and grace. And with my experience in working with people of all sorts of different backgrounds, it can often be a struggle or a challenge to integrate, to to fit in, to have that sense of belonging. And I feel like you're someone who shows up with quite a lot of ease and natural comfort of blending in lots of different environments. Do you have any advice for your listeners about what might be a way to either feel comfortable in their skin, irrespective of a background, or how to feel at place and at home wherever they go? It's very difficult because I think it's very individual. For me, at least, the way I explain it is the fact that I like observing and I'm more of someone who will think a lot before they say something. That's probably my advantage in that sense. It seems that I am doing everything with ease and grace. It might be that it's rather I am observing and trying to understand and then I look at how I can move around this environment. This is my approach, so to speak. Maybe it's been now so integrated in me that I don't think about it anymore. So if I were to advise anything, it's like, you know, find your your network or your community. Try to see where wherever you arrive, if there are people who can, you know, show you around or explain to you how things work. If if you don't find that, for example, in your profession or your with your you know around your career for example if you're moving for for economic reasons or for a new job in a new com- in a new country this is something i also learned with time is that being part of a um, of a network a collective or a group is extremely extremely useful it helps a lot and it makes things very easy i, I think i was lucky that for example even moving in the german speaking part of switzerland the fact that i speak the language has helped a lot and i can understand so if you move to a country where you don't speak the language, it's obviously very complicated. But I think f- find, find yeah, a handful of people is probably enough for one person and just to see and understand what is the new environment. I would say observe and look and, and see how you can move around. We've talked a little bit about the podcast and the why about the podcast, the kind of people you have on the podcast. That's all what the listeners get to hear about. Now let's just take a little sneaky exploration behind the scenes. So we find ourselves now in this super cute studio where we're recording on the River Thames, I believe we are, in in this little part of London called Little Venice. But Claire, can you share with us a moment of something really funny perhaps or quite a memorable moment that happened behind the scenes when you were recording in the last two years? I've done almost all the recordings in my bedroom with my laptop. In the very beginning, I didn't even have a microphone. I had everything going through the the laptop itself. I really remember recording the trailer. I think it's less than one minute. If I recall, it's around 50 seconds. I was just holding my laptop. I was sitting on the bed. I didn't even have a desk in the room at that time. And I was holding my laptop with my two arms, like on, on my two hands. And just to make sure that maybe my voice or my mouth was projecting closer to the mic. And I must have tried like two, three, four times. At some point I was like, okay, listen, I need to decide at some point, this is going to be enough. I can't make it perfect. And I just went for that. 
and I never listened to the trailer anymore. <laughs> I just published it and that was it. But yeah, usually it was in my bedroom. The fact that everything was through Zoom, it was the only place where it was silent enough. So if you were home concocted, was there ever a time when with one of these home concoctions or recordings, there was a total, excuse my language, but beep, fuck up. Yes, you I, had to I forgot from. to press record once. So if you know Zoom is basically, it's, it's an, you can record the conversation and then you have like every person who is speaking has their own track. But then after six months, I thought, okay, this is good. I've learned how you do it. Uh, I can edit my own stuff, but I want to focus on something else. So I had uh, someone help me to to edit and produce. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. What, what, you know, what computer are you using? Okay, you have a Mac, great. So what you can do is anyway, you can have the Zoom. So we'll have the guest's um, audio. But for you to make it sound even cool, you can use the integrated uh, software, which is... Um, Garage band, basically for music and so on. And I remember that I had like one of a super cool conversation and I didn't press record on the garage band side. And I was like, oh God. And I realized that even after after the recording, I just, you know, I stopped and I spoke with the guest again. So yeah, this is cool. We had so a great conversation, like 10, 15 minutes. And afterwards I was like, okay, great. Now I'm gonna send everything to Tom. And I was like, oh I didn't press record on GarageBand. <laughs> Shoot. And how did you recover in that in that situation? Well, we have to do with what we had. So we had the, the Zoom audio and we just passed it on there. You managed to still keep the audio. Okay. So you didn't have to re-record with the guest. No, but when I did the very, very first recording, I tried to do it on my phone because I was using this um, hosting platform and this friend of mine who was saying yeah it's easy to record on that platform by the way they even have an app which is much better because you send to your guest they press a link they don't have their laptop and so on i was like okay perfect cool i recorded everything but in the end i couldn't hear my voice i could hear the guest perfectly so what i did <laughs> i went back <laughs> on the platform and i recorded my questions on top it does look like it's a conversation, but in fact, the audio that you hear from me is the piece that I recorded afterwards. So that was a little cheeky sneak peek, little hacks of how you've pivoted back in situations behind the scenes where it's not quite worked out. You've thought you pressed record and you hadn't, and then on a subsequent occasion, you, uh, you've got the recording, but they just couldn't hear your voice. And that's interesting because in the end, that's why you know I was telling you when I was recording the trailer, it will never be perfect anyway, and it just needs to be good enough right? Good enough at least that people hear you. I mean, obviously, this is not the episode that's going to win a, uh, an award. Let, let's be honest, right? <laughs> because it's not best audio quality. But still, you can bring your message across. For me, it was always important to hear the guest because once I had that first experience, I knew that whatever happened with me, I could re-record on top, even though it doesn't seem good. But yeah, it just needs to be good enough at some point. Just don't look for absolute perfection. And then if you're lucky enough to be part of an amazing collective of women podcasters like the Skylark, which is based here in London, then when you're visiting Lucy in London, you might just be able to record in an amazing studio like where we are here on the boat. We've explored what's happened behind the scenes, things which maybe went wrong. Um, now I'm sort of curious to find a moment that went really right, but actually 
rather than whilst you're in the recording studio, I would love to know if there's been a serendipity or just a moment of simple beauty that's happened to you as a result of doing your podcast, whether it's something's happened as a knock-on effect of, of recording one of your podcasts, an opportunity that's come into your light or for one of your podcast guests, or whether simply you've just received a really beautiful, beautiful piece of feedback that helps you connect with your why and the impact on one of your listeners of, of listening to your podcast? Well, I've had a lot of good feedback. Uh, I've heard directly. And I always encourage people to write it down so that others can read about it, which is not always easy. But I do have now um, some great reviews written. So when you go online and get the, the podcast, you'll see all those reviews, which is always you know heartwarming and great to see what impact you have. Because I always think that it's not me who's having an impact, but basically the people I'm talking about. And I kind of extract myself from that, which in the end is a combination. And this is a th something I learned as well. So it's not only like Lucy came on the show and she spoke about refugee voices, but it's like, oh, you made me discover Lucy and that's that. And I love the way you were asking the questions. And sometimes I'm so into it that I don't even realize that. So we just released one of our newsletters and it's very rare, but I've had already on two occasions where people replied to the newsletter and saying, congratulations, this is amazing. So I had that for the first year of the podcast. And someone that I know who's actually also on, on one of the guests, she said, oh, wow, that's great. One year, congratulations. It's amazing what you're doing. Keep on doing it, right? And then now, uh, September 2022, right before launching season four, I had someone as well reply and say, this is incredible. I wish you all the best for the awards which, by the way, didn't get anything. But just the fact of being shortlisted among other big names, it's already incredible. And just having someone who listens to the podcast reply and say, hey, I wish you all the best for the awards. I hope you bring something back from London. And by the way, you should be part of yourself because you're inspiring a lot of people. That came absolutely out of the blue for me. I was not expecting that. It was a proud moment, I have to say. And so podcasters, I mean, we have from the podcasting community, there's not very much money in it. People do it for the passion. There's a lot of amazing women who are getting into podcasts from all the different co-host attendees, nominations across mental health, relationships, wellness, social impact, leadership, all the things, all the ages, all the different types of women's color and shape sizes, the whole shebang. Podcasting, it's a it's kind of vocation, isn't it? It's not really it's not a, it's not a job or it's a career, it's a bit of vocation experience. So why do you do it? Because you have something to say. Either on your own, it can be a, a solo show. Some I know some people who are just, you know, talking or you noticed a gap that you want to fill with like what I'm doing with the guests that I have. I think it's just because you have something to say. That was one of the quotes, by the way, I think, on the awards. But there was also one of the winners who said, create the content you want to see. And for me, it's the same as probably also a known quote that be the change you want to see. So if you see something is missing and you can do it, then, you know, just do it and <laughs> just go for it. Claire, as a parting message for your listeners of your years about here, you're here, your why, why you do the podcast, why you think it's worth you raising your voice, using your influence, them raising their voices. Is there a concluding message you want your listeners to part with? Stay curious and open. I mean, it can be that you want to use your voice, maybe you just want to use your words differently and write. But the thing is, I think I have much more influence or at least much more impact when I use my voice. So this is my choice, but it can be that someone else is rather more 
into writing, whatever it is, you know, just stay curious and use what you want to use at the best of your ability to be the change or bring the change about that you want to see. It's not always easy, I have to say. But again, I think the power of the collective, there's so many people doing so many things that um, when you start, basically you attract the people around you and that's how you continue to move forward. At least that's my experience so far. As somebody who's clearly tapped into different contexts and different inspiration in your different mediums, Claire, when you need to go and top yourself up, get some inspiration, get some wisdom from the outside world that you can't find in yourself in that moment or in your Tibet community, where do you go? And I'd also love to know which podcast might you recommend to your listeners to if they want to mix it up? It's mostly music is where I find the inspiration. Music and radio, for some reason, I'm very auditory. My most heightened sense is listening. So I love to listen, you know, radio shows and um, podcasts as well. What's a, uh, a song that you've been listening to recently you just can't get enough of? What you've been playing at home, I mean, since you're hosting me, <laughs> those are the sounds that's been more mostly in my, in my head recently. I've been listening to Steve's Monite's Only You. I think it's Nigerian disco back from the 80s. We have been bopping. And if you need a tune on a Friday evening, 5 p.m. to sort of disconnect, settle into the weekend after an aggressive working week, then that can help uh, catch the soul on fire or the body grooving. But in terms of podcast, I discovered quite a few recently. There's one that's called Our Body Politic. It's from an African-American journalist. And I really like her angle because she, she's really tackling current issues, but really with the angle of saying, you know, women of color also have their say and this is their perspective. So I've learned a lot as well about the system in the U.S. and I've learned about a perspective from the inside. And it's really amazing. It's, I think it's, it's a weekly show. There is a, another one. It's a music podcast. It's quite interesting. It's two DJs. They're, they're based in Canada. They just put on their set, basically. They just share the new sounds that they discover. Most of the time, these are sounds you don't even know about. And they play their own sounds. And at some point, they also have some artists coming in and have some interviews. And I really found the concept pretty cool that it's a music podcast, right? It's not only an interview or someone speaking. Then you get to dance and to choose the vibes you want. These are two among so many, many, many more that I listen to. I just don't even know where to start, but uh, I listen to a lot of them. And it can be really topics like politics, uh, whatever. I'm always curious to learn new things. So thank you, Claire, so much for this time together. I felt really privileged to have the opportunity to dive into a little bit your story. Thanks so much to all the listeners. And do share comments, feedback, requests of the next kind of conversations that you want to see appearing on this channel. Absolutely. Love y'all. Thank Peace. you. <laughs> Ciao. That's it, dear listeners. It's the end of part two of this special episode marking the two-year anniversary of Narratives of Purpose with Lucy Antrobus putting me in the hot seat. Since the beginning, I have had many people ask me to share about why I created this podcast and to share about my personal journey as well. So I hope it was worthwhile waiting two years after launching this platform. 
As always, if you love what you hear and want to support our podcast, there is a lot you can do. One thing is to share this episode with your network and your friends. The other thing is to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. We would also love to count you in our Narratives of Purpose community of amplifiers, so do connect with us through our social handles. You'll find us on Instagram at narrativesofpurpose underscore podcast, as well as LinkedIn at narrativesofpurpose podcast. And you can also join our monthly newsletter through our website at narratives-of-purpose.podcastpage.io. You will find the link in the show notes. The next episode will be in the new year, 2023. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay well and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.